MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s... I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSIN. Okay, Lombardi Line, hope you had a great weekend. As we say hi on a Monday, I'm Patrick Maher, live from the VEASAN studios here at the South Point. Michael Lombardi there in Jersey. Chicago-Pittsburgh tonight wraps up week nine. Got seven on the board with Pittsburgh Lane. At, uh, most books have 40, but we have 39 and a half. A couple books, 39 and a half, a very low total. We'll get you the weather and everything you need to know about that game tonight in Pittsburgh. Uh, but slow rolled it. I know it's tough to talk about, but we should discuss the Lombardi Bowl yesterday. Of course, Michael Lombardi's sons, one on the Patriots, one on the Panthers there as far as the coaching staff. The tickets cash as New England lays three and a half, a 24-6 winner and stays under Michael, the posted total of 41 and a half. You know, it was a kind of a, a, an ugly game. Both offenses were not very good in the game. and New England could run the football, but too many false starts, too, a delay of the game. They were not crisp at all offensively. Uh, but Carolina was worse. Carolina couldn't get going. Sam Darnold was 0 for 6 out of the pocket when, he, when they forced him to move. And they couldn't, they couldn't run the football with their outside zone. And once that happened, you know, it became problematic for this Panther offense. There's not enough power in the Panthers in terms of their front to move these big guys of New England around. It was the perfect kind of matchup for New England. They could play the game from inside out, from forcing the, the, the outside edges to come back in. And so, you know, it was, it was a game where I think the turnovers obviously changed the game completely. 
you know, Mac Jones was not sharp. This is two weeks in a row. He really hasn't played his best football. He's going to have to play much better if they're going to beat Cleveland this week. Yeah, he had a fumble and an interception. I, he, I did like, I think they had two touchdown drives of 75 yards. Uh, the Patriots, so you like that. You got the pick six from J.C. Jackson. So that's the Patriots side. Now we got to go to the other side where, you know, I've been on the Darnold train. It appears I, I, I might be wrong. I'm sure others have been a supporter of Darnold. Uh, not good to say the least. No, no, you know, and, and, you know, he's got a bad shoulder and, you know, that was affecting him. And he's also got, you know, the, obviously the concussion. So that was a problem. The offensive line doesn't help him. Robbie Anderson continues not to help him. Another game where he produces nothing. And I'm not sure the offense is really, they were running to run boots and nakeds. And then, you know, he's 0 for 6 when he goes outside the pocket and he has two interceptions when he moves. So, I mean, Sam's at a crossroads of his career. I, I think, you know, we've all made excuses and it was the Jets, it was this. At some point, he's going to have to make better decisions with the ball and his hand and he just doesn't and he has not made good decisions he doesn't protect the football and you've got to avoid losing before you can win I think we learned that lesson Sunday night I mean the Titans what did they do to win the game they didn't lose it you know they created turnovers they didn't have penalties they won the game they scored 28 points and really they really didn't have to do much to get 14 of them so uh that's where the Panthers are right now. The Panthers, their defense played well they can rush they created some problems but they couldn't stop the run when it mattered yeah, I mean, turnovers, five turnovers, yards per play wasn't necessarily impressive either way. Total yards not impressive either way, but you get the win, and this is a Patriot team that is building momentum, right? This is no starting to really you, start you, feeling themselves. Yeah, you could see them getting better. I think when you look over the landscape of the National Football League and you say, okay, what team was, is getting better in terms of their pad level, their physicality? Atlanta, no doubt, they're getting better. They played much better. Even though they lost to Carolina last week, their offense was very good against the Falcons. I mean, they ran the ball 25 times Atlanta and only had 36 yards, but Matt Ryan was really good in that game. New England's pad level, they're getting much, they're improving themselves in terms of you could see practice coming to the field. The same thing with the Giants defensively, not necessarily offensively, because the Giants offensively threw for 110 yards. They couldn't make a play in a passing game. They just ran for 139 in the game. They were able to run the football. Football. So you see that. I think the Cardinals have been consistent. The Titans have been consistent. What you want as a general manager, as an executive, as a better, when you're watching these games is the execution. Are we improving every single week? Are the areas of deficiency becoming areas of strength? And I think we see that. The Giants defensively, they're not a great team by no means, but they're better defensively. You know, they held the Raiders down. Raiders are one for six in the red zone yesterday. One for six. You turned the ball over twice. You know, can't really run the ball. The Giants ran the ball, didn't turn it over, and played great in the red zone. That's a recipe to win in the National Football League. It sounds boring and it's ugly, and I know it's not popular, and I know we have to throw it 70 times, but the Giants didn't beat themselves. They gained 110 yards. Same thing with the Falcons. You know, say what you want. You know, and I'm not a big believer in the run game, but you need to be able to run the ball to develop physicality of your team. And the Falcons, 25 carries for 36 yards. They were able to do that. They didn't get into a 50-pass game against the Saints and get turn the ball over and make mistakes. And when they got the ball back down, you know, Patterson made the play he had to make in the game. They got one-on-one -on -one coverage on the outside, and Matty Ryan put a perfect throw in there, and they were able to win it. Fortunate for them. I mean, they mismanaged the game at the end of it badly. Mismanaged it. Almost fumbled, Patrick. Did you see Mike, Mike Davis almost fumble at the end of the he game? did, yeah. You know, and so they, they almost mismanaged that game towards the end, but they were fortunate enough to come away with the victory. I mean, they gave up 22 points in the fourth quarter and were able to win the game.
Okay, let's transition to that game. It's the 4-4 four and four team now, and we've seen the Falcons collapse, right? But this time they actually win a game. Despite blowing an 18-point lead in the fourth quarter, they managed to pull off the upset. They were catching seven in this game, so a good cover there on the road for the Falcons. Uh, I, I'm not sure what to make of it. I know you love the, again, another touchdown catch from Corderell Patterson, who's doing everything for them. Uh, where are you right now with this Falcons team? Well, I mean, they're getting better, right? I mean, you know, they were, they're getting better. They, you know, I think what happened yesterday was because they got the lead, we didn't see enough of Kamara. Kamara only had 17 touches with the football yesterday. If if Kamara, if the Saints are going to win, Kamara's got to touch it more than 17 times. 13 in the running game, only four in the passing game. That was a real problem. Ingram had five catches in the game for just 21 yards. So they got to get the ball to Kamara more in there. And I think Sean probably kicking himself today. And Simeon was not great. Got a, it was under a little bit of pressure, but he made, you know, he's 25 for 41 for 249. It wasn't bad, but there was only the longest play was 25 yards. The longest play was 25 yards. They're going to have to find a way to make explosive plays. Do I think they'll be all in on, on, on Beckham? Yeah, I do. I think they'll be all in on Beckham. I think Sean feels like, look, I can handle the guy. He'll give us a marquee receiver. It'll help Camaro. I think it'll come down to the Saints and the Seattle on, on, on Beckham. Oh, really? So potentially seeing Odell there in New Orleans. You've, you've said that now for a while because it's a coach that, you know, is bigger than the name, bigger than Odell. So it would, right. it would work there. There's some gravitas. Right, and Pete Carroll's bigger than the name, right? And then he's also got Russell to help him handle it. If they take him, Russell will say, look, I got him. Like, like, like Tom Brady says, I got Antonio Brown, right? Mm. I got him. I'll, I'll handle him. You just worry about coaching the team. I think the same thing could happen. They need another receiver down there in, in New Orleans badly. I mean, this little Harris kid, he's kind of remarkable. He's a little guy, but, he, but people bounce off of him. He's a tough little guy. But they need more explosiveness, and Sean knows it. And they played great defense. Again, 25 carries, 34 yards. That's all they gave up. The fact that, that Atlanta tried to run it 25 times in the game to get 34 yards it just tells you, A, they're stubborn, and they're committed to it, and it's probably one of the reasons why Atlanta was uh, New Orleans was able to come back into it. New Orleans in the fourth quarter was very. I mean, the the Falcons in the fourth quarter were very fortunate. You know, they got fortunate in the, in the fourth quarter that they were able to get the ball back with a little bit of time left. I didn't think they managed it at the end. You know, and and they were 0 for 4. This is what happens to you in in games like this. They were 0 for 4 in the fourth quarter on third down. That's how you give. That's how you give it. Allow twenty four point twenty two points to be scored. Yeah, you're right. That and fourth, it almost cost them. Yeah, no, you're right. That fourth quarter, because defensively the Falcons limited the Saints to just three points through three. Then all of a sudden, here comes the fourth quarter, and that Saints defense continues to hold them because they couldn't convert on third down. The Saints, they were three of ten in the game. So that's gonna that'll bite. I don't know where I where to be on the Falcons. You know, all of a sudden the, <laughs> the defense shows up. I think they're up. getting better. My, I mean, this whole conversation started with who's getting better. I think they're getting better. I really. Do. I'm not saying they're great, and I think Matty Ryan is not great, but, I mean, they protected better, the offensive line's playing better, and their defensive line's playing better. Okay, so you brought up the Raiders and Giants. Let's transition to that. The Giants beat the Raiders 23-16, catching three, so it's a cover. Uh, it, under 47, obviously. So much on the plate for the Raiders coming into this. We know that, but what did you take from this game in Jersey? Well, the Raiders, you know, they're, 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 everybody talks about how great their defense is, right, and how they're able to, you know, they're improved defensively. Well, you know, they are improved, but they gave up 31 rushes for 149 yards. Booker ran the ball effectively for them. 
You know, Booker almost had 100 yards rushing, and they really didn't do much in the game. I mean, Daniel Jones, like I said, had 110 yards passing, 30 of which came on one play. 30 of it. I mean, they only gained 245 yards in the game, but they could never get control of it. They could never get control of it. And the game, really, at the end of the day, here's where the game comes down. The Raiders are one for six in red zone efficiency. One for six in red zone efficiency. That's why. That's why you lose games. You turn the ball over, you give them a touchdown on a turnover, and you're one for six in the red zone. Yeah, they were terrible on third downs. They turned the ball over three times, and they were one of six in, in the red zone. That's, you're not going to win football games that way. No matter how many yards you get, right? So, you know, you have all these yards. It doesn't matter. When you're one for six in the red zone, you could have 500 yards. If you can't put points on the board, it doesn't matter. But they missed a chip shot. They missed a chip shot field goal too. I mean, let's be real honest. I mean, they missed a field goal. I mean, here's their second half possessions: interception, field goal, missed field goal, interception, fumble. Hmm. They had they had two punts in the game. They had two punts in the game. They took the opening kickoff, went down, scored a touchdown, three plays and punt. Then they won a field goal. They got another field goal. Then they went three plays and punt. Then they got another field goal. They're settling for field goals. Those those four-point plays killed them. And Xavier McKinney saves this Giants team. They had the pick six, and he had the other he had the other interception late. You know, the Giants are just a game and a half out of that final wild card spot in the NFC. Devontae Booker ran the ball pretty and well. They handed and it to him 21 good. times. They're not any good. But their, de- but their defense has gotten better. That's my point about this whole cut. Their defense has improved. They still have problems with the offensive line, and they're still, you know, Daniel Jones still turns the ball over too much. It was good. It was a defense that played well above its means last year. Hadn't been that, and now they're starting to come back a little bit, the Giants. But you're right. It's a very good football team. Devontae, I'm surprised they, they, they committed to Devontae Booker to give him the ball 21 times. But you <laughs> so, want to give it to Daniel Jones? Good luck. <laughs> yeah, Bach, I mean, what was your alternative? Next, you wait for it every Monday. Step into my office. Well, Michael's office. That's next. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years 
and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Season 9 of Next Question with me, Katie Couric. It is 2024, and we're going to get through this together, folks. My campaign promise to all of you here on Next Question is going to be a good time the whole time, we hope. I have some big news to share with you on our season premiere featuring Kris Jenner, who's got some words of wisdom for me on being a good grandmother, or in her case, a good lovey. You know, you start thinking of what you want your grandmother name to be. Like, are they going to call me grandma like I called my grandmother? So I got to choose my name, which is now Lovey. I'll also be joined by Hillary Clinton, Renee Fleming, Liz Cheney, to name a few. So come on in and take a break from the incessant negativity for a weekly dose of fascinating conversations. Some of them, I promise, will actually put you in a good mood. I loved it. Your energy and joy. I'm squeezing every minute I can for you out of this season of Next Question. Last question, I promise. You have to go. I have to go. (laughs) But it's been so fun. And I can't wait for you to hear it. Listen to Next Question with me, Katie Couric, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Listening to the Lombardi Line on VSEN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, the prop tracker. It's up. It's all new. It's at vsen.com. It's now available. Keep up with the NFL props. Get your current get your current odds. Just another addition to the arsenal there at vsen.com. Line movement and trends. vsen.com slash NFL for more information as far as the prop tracker. Okay, we get it every Monday. Look forward to it. Michael Lombardi welcomes some lucky guys into his office and he tells them what they need to do, whether it's philosophically <laughs> or game plan. It's, it's generally pretty interesting. And we start, uh, Matt Santos, I'm trying to find the order you put them in here. I apologize. We start, what, why don't we start with Sean McDermott? We welcome in Sean McDermott to Michael Lombardi's office, a loss yesterday in Jacksonville, Michael. Well, I think you don't want to overreact, Sean, but I do think there's a couple things we need to straighten out before we get going here in the future uh, as the weather has changed. You know, this week, you know, when I was in the NFL, we always would talk about the wreck of the Emmett Fitzgerald as the signaling the beginning of the really the new season. I think it's November the 13th that the wreck happened up in Whitefish Bay. It, it was 30 miles from getting to the shore. And, you know, they just couldn't make it. And we're not going to make it if we don't learn how to run the football. It's Buffalo. It's windy weather. It's bad weather. We've got to get more physical up front. We really got to do it. I know the offensive line isn't playing very well. I know we've got liability within that line. But the longer we keep trying to throw the ball 
to the outside to to Cole Beasley and simulate a running game with him, it's only going to affect us when the weather changes. We need to become more physical. We need to be able to get control of a football game. And doing that, we're going to have to run it a little bit. And I know Brian Dayball knows that. He's with New England. He understands that it's not scoring points. It's controlling the pace of the game. We must improve our run game. Thank you, Sean. Appreciate you coming by. Since the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl, the 49ers are 9-15. and Kyle Shanahan, uh-oh, here comes Kyle. Thoughts on him getting beat by a backup quarterback yesterday there at home? Well, I think, you know, what we saw yesterday was the fact that we, our players thought we weren't playing their best player, and we let down. It was pretty clear. You know, there's always that sense of, you know, when we get the backup in, we'll let down a little bit, and I think we did. But, you know, right now, our team, we're not good in any area. We're really not. We can't run the football, and when we get behind in games, it becomes problematic. The attention to detail, the discipline of our team is really not very good, and we seem to have it when we play on the road, but we don't have it here. We should change the routine. Whatever we need to do, we've got to find a way to grasp the attention of these players because right now we're getting out physical. And we're not doing the things in terms of complementary football. Third and 20, we allow a check down for a first down that ultimately puts the game away because we get behind 14-0 on that drive. So we've got to get back to our roots. We've got to figure out how we're going to run the ball. We've got to stay true to ourselves. And we've got to find a way to make plays down the field. And our defense has got to complement us. We've got to be able to play smarter in situational football. And we can't let guys like Josh Norman run around the field and do things that affect us and let his anger take over the team. You got to get control of the team. You got to be the head coach of the team. And you got to take this over. Okay, Kyle. Thanks for coming by Michael's office. Next up, step into my office. We're going to welcome in Mike McCarthy, whose team was down 30 to nothing at home to the Denver Broncos, get beat up yesterday. Well, I think, Mike, what we learned, and you've learned this as much as I have, is if you don't play 100% against any team in the league, you're going to get beat. But the great thing about today is, is we learned how people are going to try to defend us. They're going to take the Vic Fangio blueprint, and we're going to see it again and again and again. Now, will it work? It's up to us. It's up to us whether it will work. But I think we do know now, unless we give maximum effort in every game, we just don't throw, roll the star out and win games. You know that, and I know that. And so the team's got to know that. And it starts on Wednesday's practice. I promise you, I wasn't at Wednesday's practice, but I'm sure you didn't have a good Wednesday practice. I'm sure you probably didn't have a good Thursday or Friday. You're probably going through the motions. These losses don't occur on Sundays. These losses, as you know, Mike, when in a Super Bowl, they occur on Wednesday and Thursday and Friday. And we've got to really nip it in the bud. If you're not going to call plays, if you're going to be the head coach, then that's got to be your job. You've got to make sure that whatever we do on Wednesday and Thursday translates to Sunday because practice execution becomes game reality. Thanks. And you need to be able to see that. Thank you, Mike. Now, would you recommend, you know, when the Detroit Lions got beat up by Cincinnati at home, uh, their head coach, Dan Campbell, he actually buried the game film. I'm not kidding. He did shtick. He actually took a shovel out and buried it. Would you uh, suggest Mike McCarthy do shtick or just get back to business? No. No, it's just, look, it's a professional environment. We're not here. <laughs> you know, this isn't high school. We're not going to bury the tape. We're going to watch the tape. We're going to learn from it because that tape's going to haunt us. That tape's going to come back because this is the league repeats everything. It's a repeat league. It's a copycat league. And so whatever Vic did on that tape, how he played his man coverage, the techniques the corners used, how they inside it out, the routes that they were taking away from us, we're going to see it again. We're going to have to execute much better. Okay. Next up, into Michael Lombardi's office, Mike Zimmer, Vikings catching seven, lost. They do cover 34-31 on Sunday in Baltimore. What do you say to Mike? 
Mike, I say this. I think you're going to have to go into Clint's QBX office and find out why we can't throw the ball. Why can't we get the ball to our best players? You know, what happened? I mean, we started the game out. Dalvin Cook ran the ball effectively. But once that happened after the first quarter, I think he had 13 carries for 20-some yards. He couldn't really run the ball. We've got to be better at making adjustments offensively. I know you call the defense. I understand that. But somebody's got to help Clint Kubiak. His dad's not here. His dad's not here. Somebody's got to help him with in-game adjustments. Is it Brian Periani? Who is it? We've got to do a better job. Put, put, put Paul Gunther over there. Get somebody to help because we need help adjusting to what they're doing. Because if we just throw the ball a little bit better in a game, we're going to win the last two games. We had no passing game the last two weeks. If we don't get this fixed, if we don't come back being able to average nine yards a catch like we did last year with Kirk Cousins, we're not going to be able to turn this corner. We can turn the corner because we're good enough. There it is. Thank you, Mike. Appreciate it. Okay, those are the ones we had planned. I'm going to throw a curveball at you. The Cleveland Browns, we haven't discussed this game, and you were on Cleveland. Congratulations. That was a great play in Cincinnati. Let's bring Baker in. So it's been tumultuous. Do you think Russo will give me credit for that, or do you think he'll say I had another bad week on the Cincinnati <laughs> pick? Well, what did you? You went three and zero here. I don't know what you. What did you? What'd I you went do two on? and one with his picks because I got the forty nine. Uh, yeah, but I'm sure I'm going to hear. Well, I'm on a slump, even though he was one and two again. Not bad. If you go two and one, you're going to end up winning. Browns beat the Bengals forty one sixteen. Baker plays fine. He had the big bomb. Uh, what would you say to Baker after a tumultuous time and some injuries here? I would say, Baker, look, you know, this is exactly the way you're going to have to play. Limit the amount of times you're going to pull, throw it. We've got to run the ball. got to play action. We've got to make big chunk plays. You know, this is, this is who you are. Now, if you want $40 million doing this, go somewhere else and do it. No one's going to pay you $45 million doing this. You know, know who you are as a player. Play within yourself. Play within yourself. In this system, in this scheme, you can really, we can win a lot of games. If that's important, you'll take $30 million, $32 million. If it's all about your bank account, go somewhere else. And if someone's dumb enough to pay you $40, 45 because they need a starting quarterback, you're going to end up being unhappy because you're not good enough to be able to carry a team. We can carry you. You can't carry us. And together we can win this whole thing. Yeah, he had the 60-yard bomb to Donovan Peoples-Jones, and Denzel Ward set the tone with his pick six on the game's opening drive. That number was headed towards the Browns going the right way because, Michael, as you called it, uh, that was a big-time performance by the Browns, and the Bengals, not so much. Yeah, I, I mean, look, th this was a game where I thought the Browns would move the ball better than they actually did in the game against Cincinnati. I thought Cincinnati would make mistakes. I thought they would turn the ball over because I thought the offensive line would create some issues. And Denzel Ward stepped up and played, you know, and he stepped up and played really well. And the, and, and the Bengals looked like a team whose execution wasn't very good. They controlled the ball 36 minutes. They, they dominated the stats. They just couldn't d dominate the column where they won the game. And, and every time they thought they were going to get a little closer, they couldn't stop. They can't get control of the game. This is, uh, again, according to the Elias Sports Bureau, by the way, the uh, Browns are the fourth team in history. Record a passing touchdown, rushing touchdown, defensive touchdown, 60 yards or more. So explosiveness there. Uh, it's sticking with the Bengals. Starting to, this is going to be Zach, your boy Zach Taylor is going to be in a spot here because it's starting to go the other way big time. Yeah, I mean, he's going to have to get the details cleaned up. I mean, that, that's the, when I watch the Bengals, the details aren't cleaned. That's what I see. I, I see that, and, you know, and he's going to have to figure out what he can really do offensively. And it isn't just we're just going to – they've got to have to cover up for this bad offensive line. They have to cover up for it.
Yeah, three in the turnovers, none for the Browns and three for the Cincinnati. It's going to kill yep. you. And that is, uh, again, and it actually got it. Mixon was in the house. They got a strong performance from Mixon, 110 total yards, two touchdowns. That's you. You would look up and see that and expect the Bengals to flourish, but it wasn't. It wasn't to be. Um, okay, so you feel what about the Browns kind of moving forward after this performance? At four and four mediocre coming in and now they come out with a big performance in Cincinnati, but you don't really respect I, I Cincinnati. I don't think Cincinnati's great. And I really don't think the Browns were great on defense yesterday. I think they were fortunate. They created some turnovers. Okay. I still have the news. I'm going to save it. We've got Josh coming up, but there is some news being bantied and that has to do with your boy, Ben Simmons. Potentially headed somewhere. How did he become my boy? I've been ripping him for the last month. He I, can't be I my me- boy. I, I meant to say your boy, Bam Adebayo. <laughs> uh, uh, no. Uh, but oh, Ben okay. Simmons, there's a, there's, there's a team rumored to be hot on the tail of Ben Simmons. We'll tell you who that team is. Actually, a big-time historic team. We'll tell you who that team is coming up. But first, Josh is going to join us right here. Get a little market update on the Lombardi line presented by BetMGM. It's VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. to the Lombardi line on VSEN featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, if I told you 99 bucks would make you a bunch of money for the next few months, you'd invest, right? Well, that's what we've got for you. It's our mid-season football special here at VSEN. Daily best bet emails, 24/7 video streaming, betting splits for every sport, point spread weekly, which comes out every Wednesday, which is essentially your guide for everything that's worth the 99 bucks itself. In-depth analysis, college hoops betting guide, vsin.com slash subscribe for more information. It's vsin.com slash subscribe. Right before we bring Josh in, one note that I forgot to mention from that Cleveland game, uh, we got to give props, Michael, to Miles Garrett. Through nine games, he's got 12 sacks. He's on an absolute historic tear right now. He's playing great. Oh, I mean, look, going in the game, he was great last year. When I rewatched the tape from last year, the 37-34 win that the Browns had on the on the Donovan People Jones catching the end zone of that game, he was great. I mean, they can't block him. Of course, you know, my man Zach Taylor thinks he's just another defensive end. I mean, they never chip him on every play. Like, sure, why not? You know, just let him go. Do whatever we want to do with him. It makes no sense to me. Like, if you can't block, I, I promise you this week when he's in New England, he will get chipped. He'll get whammed. He'll get every. There's no way he won't have two people on him at all time. The no, <laughs> Zach. We have to separate. By the way, Zach Taylor coming into your office, so we, we can have him in a couple of weeks uh, to bring him back into Michael's office. Now, uh, it is of course Josh Applebaum. Market Insights is the podcast. Beeson.com and. Will Hill's podcast, I apologize, I said Windy City, it is uh, the New York City cast, uh, but Josh's is uh, Market Insights, and of course, betting across America with Pritch, we say hi to Josh Applebaum. Hi, Josh, how are you? Hey, Patrick, hey, Michael, happy Monday, and guys, uh, Michael, first off, props 3-0, and uh, you know, 3-0 and undefeated with your best bets yesterday, and really that coincided with a great dog day overall. This is something that we've been beating the drum on at the very beginning of the year, throughout the year, and really there's no let up. Even the last couple weeks, you've seen dogs bark 
even louder. You have some crazy upsets. I don't think anyone would have, you know, seen, you know, the Jaguars winning outright coming or maybe the Cardinals without their QB and, you know, top wide receiver winning outright. But really just taking away from yesterday, guys, dogs, 9-3 and three ATS. You always hear a lot of people say, like, I'm going to sprinkle a little bit on the money line. What that means is maybe if you're betting, you know, one unit per play on a conventional number, you're getting, you know, a third of a unit, a quarter of a unit on a money line. If you've been doing that for these dogs to win outright, you had a really good day because seven of the dogs who covered won the game. So that just goes to show you we're not just covering these numbers. Dogs are winning outright. But, guys, beating the drum on these road dogs. We talked about it all year. But – Home field advantage, it's not what it used to be. We thought it was just during the COVID year that these road teams had a good year because no fans in the stands. But road dogs, 7-1 and one against the spread yesterday, now 50-30 and 30 against the spread on the year, 63%. Uh, dogs in general are 58% this year. And a couple more, uh, conference dogs, plus 7 or less, this built-in familiarity benefiting these dogs, 45-23 and 23 against the spread, 66% ATS. Short road dogs, 3 or less, this cash with the uh, with the, uh, the Browns there, 15-5 and five against the spread. And then primetime dogs with the Titans winning outright and covering 18-8 against the spread. But real quick, guys, I think big teachable moment yesterday is these big inflated lines. When you see these huge moves, it doesn't really create much value to go with the move when you're late to the party laying a bad number. Like, for example, Green Bay, that was all the way down to a pick You see Rodgers out in Love and shoots all the way to 7.5. You buy low, get the 7.5, you cover that number. Same thing with Tennessee, no Derrick Henry. Put on the hazmat suit, take the points late, you cover that number. Even, uh, you know, with that 49ers game, Back up, you know, missing Kyler Murray. That actually closed minus five and a half there with San Fran. If you bought low, took the points, you cover that one too. And then, guys, windy unders 4-0 yesterday. Something to keep an eye out as the weather weather gets worse, uh, deeper into the fall and into the winter. 10 miles an hour or more. Patrick, your Doppler was pretty good yesterday. 4-0 straight up uh, with these unders, 10 miles an hour or more, 20 and 14 on the year, 67%. So dogs and unders, it's been great all year this year, guys. Tremendous information. Now, let's transition. we got a lot to do. Let's start with Monday Night Football here, Josh. Uh, why don't you set up the, the, the number, and we'll kick it over to Michael for a little analysis. Yeah, so two teams trending in opposite direction, guys. Non-conference matchup here. You have the Chicago Bears, uh, three and five straight up, three and five ATS. They've lost three straight. You lose to San Fran last week, 33-22. You can't cover the four and a half at home in that one. And then Pittsburgh, they've won three straight, so they're playing pretty good. Uh, overall, four and three straight up, three and four ATS. They beat Cleveland 15-10, covered the five there, one outright. Now, this isn't a very big contrarian play either way. According to BetMGM, our, our buddy John Ewing, 54% of bets are on Pittsburgh takes in around 56% of the money. So kind of split down the middle. And guys, early in the week, I'm saying, I'm getting the hazmat suit ready, saying, give me the bears and the points. This thing actually opened. Steelers laying six and a half. It got down to six at some shops. We got all these matches to these road dogs, 62% ATS, primetime dogs, 69% ATS. But over the last 24 hours, there's been a lot of buyback on Pittsburgh. When they got down to six or six and a half, they got hit with it looks like some respective money pushing them back up to seven. Uh, if you like the Steelers now, you know, again, it would be a non-conference matchup here, which does benefit favorites in general. Uh, but this late movement to Pittsburgh kind of gets me off the Bears a little bit. Um, and again, are you going to bet a rookie quarterback against the veteran team on the road? That's something to be uh, a little wary about. But guys, some under money. Uh, you got a lot of trends to the under here, non-conference under 65%. 45 or less total under 62%. Pittsburgh 5-1-1 one, and one to the under. Chicago 6-2 and two to the under. Uh, Tony Carrenti 58% to the under. So that was like 40. It got down to 39. It's back up to 40. If you want to look at a teaser, guys, I'm interested by maybe taking the Steelers minus 7 down to minus 1 and take the under, but tease it up a little bit. 40 now to under 46. You know, for me, I, I, I don't, you know, I don't trust the Bears offensive line at all. And if I felt more comfortable with Big Ben throwing the ball 
uh, I would be all over the all over the Steelers. I thought they improved last week. They, their ability in the offensive line. This is one of those teams, Patrick and Josh, that when you ask, you know, we're week nine, who's gotten better? Well, the Steelers' offensive line has improved greatly, and, and they've been playing with better pad level and protecting, and without Khalil Mack, you know, I think it'll help. And Nigel Harris has been an effective runner, but I don't trust Big Ben in this game. I really don't. I don't know how they're going to score a lot of points. That's why the under is so low. I think you have to take the Bears, and if they're going to get a touchdown, why not? I mean, I can't imagine it's not going to be a three-, four-point game uh, because the Steelers just haven't really been able to show that they can dominate anybody, uh, particularly because their quarterback, you know, if you just watch him play, he hasn't played to the level that we're used to having him see in the past. I mean, he's kind of on the on the back nine easily. Well done. The Josh, are there games you want to point you want to point to next week for Michael? Then we'll set up the big news uh, and beat out tonight against the Knicks. Go go for next week though first. Yeah, Michael, just interested in your thoughts if any of these pique your interest. So number one, Cleveland and uh, the New England Patriots. Patriots won a few games in a row now. They're back in the playoff conversation. They actually open minus three at home against the Cleveland Browns. Early on, guys, we talk about these early moves driven by respected betters who have their own numbers and compare it to the books, look for discrepancies. This thing is quickly down to one and a half. So right when that thing opened, you had a lot of uh, Cleveland Browns plus three, maybe two and a half money, bringing it back down. They're in kind of the same spot they were against the Bengals. Probably a good teaser spot. You take them up to, you know, seven and a half in that spot. And then also Tampa Bay. Keep an eye on these road favorites off a of bye. It's been a really good system here historically. 66% ATS the last decade. Tampa Bay at some shops, look ahead was like seven and a half, all the way up to nine and a half. They may get to 10. And then, Michael, that Sunday night game, Kansas City at the Vegas Raiders. You had some Vegas plus three money come in. Casey uh, open minus three, down to around two and a half. Uh, any of those pique your interest, Michael? Cleveland, Tampa Bay, or uh, or the Raiders? Well, I mean, I think, you know, when you look at just like New England and Cleveland, for example, I mean, New England's going to have to control the ball, keep it away from Baker if they can slow down the run game, make Nick Chubb, you know, force Nick Chubb to not make the big plays like they did and protect the ball. So to me, I think that's a field goal game all the way. I'm surprised it got bet all the way down that quickly, you know, and when I look at the, the Raiders, I mean, I think the Raiders should be favored in the game. I don't know why you wouldn't take the points in the, against the Chiefs based on how badly they looked last week. I mean, you know, I, I don't see they're not going like, to, I think you know, Phil Sims said it on his show yesterday. I was listening to it at halftime. He said, hey, Anybody thinks they're just going to turn this thing on. It's, we've been waiting for them to turn it on here forever. It's not turned on. <laughs> you know, it, they're not just going to turn this thing on. And then, to me, I, I have no faith in Washington on defense. I think Brady will carve them up. I think the, the, the Buccaneers will be healthy. And I think it's going to be really hard for Taylor Heineke to come in and deal with all the arrested Tampa Bay defense as they attack them. I like Tampa a lot in that game. Okay, so breaking news here, we did see uh, Joel Embiid tested positive for COVID, Josh. He's going to be out tonight hosting the Knicks, of course, with the 76ers there in Philly. Uh, I had an opener of four and a half with Philly laying it, and now I'm seeing a couple of books pop up a one as favoritism with the Knicks. You're exactly right, guys. Big movement here. And, Michael, you're a close contact of Embiid. We want to make sure you're okay here, too. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, sure they were yeah, hanging right. out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but, Patrick, you set it out pretty good here. A lot of guys out for the 76ers. No Embiid, no Thibel, uh, no Tobias Harris. Some supplementary guys also out with COVID here. So, what we saw is a big move to the Knicks. Open minus four and a half 76ers all the way down to a pick em. Or, guys, I'm even seeing Knicks hop the fence go to minus one at some shop. So, Knicks are on a back-to-back, but Patrick, one system last year, remember that back-to-back, you had a line move in your favor. Maybe not a true line move per se because it's more injury-related. Uh, but, Michael, what do you think? I'm money line uh, the Knicks here in this spot. 
can the Sixers get it done with all these guys out? I hope not tonight. <laughs> I mean, they have half their team out. I mean, I would just, to me, this is an easy one. I actually thought they would have gotten destroyed against Chicago the other night, and they played really well. They, they actually beat Chicago, which kind of an interesting team when you want. Chicago doesn't really have anybody, you know, DeRozan's really good. But to me, all the moves they've made, they haven't gelled yet. This game, to, this game to me, it's got Knicks. Knicks destroyed them a couple weeks ago. I mean, the Sixers are, are basically a wounded team. I would take the Knicks hard on this one. Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, right now, it's not. It's, he's going to be out for several games, that being Embiid. Josh, Market Insights Pod, betting across America later with Pritch. Thank you, buddy. Good luck tonight. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Okay, that is uh, Embiid news. we got Simmons news and also big news coming from Seattle with your boy Russell Wilson. We'll come back and report on that next here. Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. It's VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleha Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Season 9 of Next Question with me, Katie Couric. It is 2024, and we're going to get through this together, folks. My campaign promise to all of you, here on Next Question, it's going to be a good time the whole time, we hope. 
I have some big news to share with you on our season premiere featuring Kris Jenner, who's got some words of wisdom for me on being a good grandmother, or in her case, a good lovey. You know, you start thinking of what you want your grandmother name to be. Like, are they going to call me grandma like I called my grandmother? So I got to choose my name, which is now Lovey. I'll also be joined by Hillary Clinton, Renee Fleming, Liz Cheney, to name a few. So come on in and take a break from the incessant negativity for a weekly dose of fascinating conversations. Some of them, I promise, will actually put you in a good mood. I loved it. Your energy and joy. I'm squeezing every minute I can for you out of this season of Next Question. Last question, I promise. You have to go. I have to go. (laughs) But it's been so fun. And I can't wait for you to hear it. Listen to Next Question with me, Katie Couric, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. to the Lombardi line on VSEN featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, new bettors, BetMGM's got the hookup tonight. Of course, BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. If you place a $10 Moneyline wager on either Chicago or Pittsburgh to score in Monday Night Football, you're going to win 200 bucks paid for in free cash. Pretty good, huh? Bonus code VSIN200, V-S-I-N-200. Again, either team scores tonight, Monday Night Football. Use that bonus code VSIN200. You're going to win $200. New customer offer, 21 years or older. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Again, please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, it's 1-800-GAMBLER. We welcome you back here on the Lombardi line. Okay, so a couple things. Um, We got some breaking news as far as Embiid being out for uh, several games, I'm sure, with the COVID positive. Uh, But Shams is reporting the Celtics are interested in trading for Ben Simmons, have engaged in conversations with the 76ers. Now, the the reports are the 76ers would say, well, you got to give us Jalen Brown. Let me ask you, on what planet? Would they give up a dude that's <laughs> dropping almost 26 points per their leading scorer? And I know he's out with a hammy. On what planet would Boston say, okay, we'll give you our second best player for a guy that's not the good in Simmons? Michael, your thoughts. Uh, all right, well, I mean, Patrick, you're talking about a city that bets the money line when they're getting double-digit points. I mean, you can't put logic to an illogical element. I mean, so please stop trying to be logical. I mean, I'm sure they probably want Jalen Brown in three number one. You know, I mean, it's not logical. Like, I, it's not logical for me. I would trade the guy, you know, for Malcolm Brockton and, and somebody else because I, I think they're they they actually look like they're playing together as a team with cohesiveness and, and and actually more mental toughness than probably ever before with him gone. You know, and so I, I to me, look, this is all just rumors. You know. Sure, you know, I, I mean, I like to win the lottery tomorrow too. I thought you were going to hit me with the story about, I mean, a lot of stuff going on. What happened? Did you? Uh, the Raiders fired another first round pick. Okay, Damon so I got to bring, I got to bring, I, I just flagged this. So I always wonder what the motivation is, especially in show. And Michael just tweeted the Raiders had a great opportunity, M. Lombardi NFL. The Raiders had a great opportunity to build a great young team. They failed with every high pick. What I, I haven't heard the news. Help me out. Well, they, they, they cut uh, Arnett today. Well, because, because he's a they, loser. I, I mean, you heard what well, he, he did, was, right? Uh, right, yeah. I terrible. mean, they had to, but but it was terrible. But it was always the case. I mean, when they drafted him, he right. wasn't a good character. Yeah, there right. was character concerns. when he, Look, when you're in Las Vegas or you're in Miami or you're in New Orleans or you're in Tampa, there are certain cities you have to be really sure about the character of the player. 
right? You got to be really sure. There's a lot to do in Miami. There's a lot to do in Las Vegas. And, you know, and certainly you can get in trouble in any city if you're out three o'clock in the morning and going 150 miles an hour. Unfortunately, you can get into a lot of trouble. But the Raiders, I mean, the Raiders have not. I said this when Gruden went there. So I'm not second guessing. As Art Modell used to tell me all the time, kid, I'm first guessing. I ain't second guessing. I said this for the, the day they hired Gruden. If they let that guy near the draft room, he will destroy the franchise. And every pick that comes in, he has. Every pick. It's been clear all the time. I mean, okay, so they hit with, they hit with uh, Max Crosby. Great. You know, Cleveland Farrell, the fifth pick overall in the draft. I mean, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Arnett. You know, all these players, now Ruddy's gone, Arnett's gone. I mean, they just wasted all these picks because they gave the keys to the store to a guy that knew nothing about personnel. Like, he knew nothing. And if the father was alive to tell the son, he would have told him that. We used to laugh about his personnel acumen. Like, it was the worst. And so this is, and all of a sudden you're sitting there saying, well, that's shocking. But, you know, Mayock's sitting there talking about, we're going to draft character guys. And he drafts this kid. And everybody in the league's like, are, are you, wait a minute, you guys were just talking about crafting character. Wait, there, was, there was a long list on this guy. There was problems. It's the same thing with Leatherwood. They thought, oh, his character guy. They drafted him to be right tackle. Now they got to kick him into guard. How much does he love football? We'll find out. You know? Like, it's just, to me, it's, it's, it's always the case. And, I, I mean, this does, it doesn't surprise me in the least. It does not surprise me in the least. They're drafting and, and the whole thing, they're, the whole thing has been bad. So Arnett has been cut. You can Google and find out what he did. Um, yeah, it's a mess right now. They went on the road and lost as three-point favorites in Jersey there to the Giants. And by the way, I'm just seeing this breaking news. Michael, I have to tell you, I, I'm being honest, I didn't see it. Uh, we know, obviously, that Washington, a 26-16 loss to Oregon on Saturday. But Jimmy Lake, their coach, has been suspended for the Arizona I State game. Live, I can't. I, I, I must say it. I missed this. He, he, he struck a player in the head. He had a helmet on, but he struck Patrick. a player. I saw it live. I saw it live. I watched that game closely because I was really studying. I wanted to look at Oregon closely. And I watched it live. And he ran down the sideline. The kid was the kid was 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 doing something uh, on the field that was going to draw a penalty. And and literally you could see now they didn't replay it. But but I saw it live and he, he pushed the kid. And he just basically was trying to break it up. I'm surprised he kept his job after that. I really am. Striking a player, student athlete, you know, that was really bad. And he fired his offensive coordinator. Now he's been suspended. You know, shockingly, Todd Grantham got fired at the University of Florida. There was one of those where, like, okay, you lose to South Carolina. I mean, I kept asking you, why is that line so bad? Now I know why. I got duped on that one severely. But you know, when we go back to the Raiders, and I just want to sure, touch on this. Please. When Gruden comes in, you know, Cleveland Farrell, Jonathan Abraham, Josh Jacobs, that's his first first round. Mullins, they draft him. Okay, then the next year they come back with Ruggs and Arnett, Lee Bowden. Here's their draft in, in, in 2020. Ruggs is, is no longer on the team. Arnett's no longer on the team. Lee Bowden, they traded before he even got his uniform on. They've got basically Byron Edwards, Tanner Moose is already gone. John Simpson's a marginal guard if he plays. And then this year, they've got so they've got really nothing. I mean, Cleveland Farrell and Jonathan Abram are the two first-round picks from 19. They're not really very good players. They might play, but they're not good players. It's a dumpster I mean, this is a, fire. Just a, 
It, it, it's like you gave like you have to. Somebody has to know what they're doing to run a draft. You know, I, I people say, well, Lombardi, you know, look, I have never had, I've had complete authority one time to run one draft in my entire life. That was the 97 draft in Philadelphia. That was the only time I had it. Other than that, you've always, you're working around with other people want. That doesn't excuse you, doesn't say you're right, but I'm just saying you have complete authority to run a draft. It's hard to get. Those jobs are hard to get. By the way, you can go ahead and look up the 97 Eagles draft. It went pretty well. Just to be, just it did, just you know, and, and we had help in that draft. But at least that I was, uh, and, I, and I screwed that up. There were two players we should have drafted. That to me, again, the worst thing in football is collaboration. I could still see the scout telling me the guy's no good. The guy played twelve years in the league. Uh, just to clarify, so Oregon and Washington were kind of uh, a bunch of players are fighting on the sideline. There was going to be a, yep. and then it, Lake runs down. Punches, strikes. I mean, it was. It's pretty aggressive. I, I think what he tried to do is he tried to break up to get the kid away from getting a penalty. I get it. I get and it. He, and he pushed the kid, and he lost his temper. He, you know, we wrote about this for the Daily Coach today. Draymond Green had a great line uh, about Steve Kerr on the sideline about how Steve Kerr was reacting to turnovers and his facial expressions. Well. You know, I mean, it was a great, great quote. And we wrote about how you as a coach, you've got to control your emotions on the sideline because the players feed off you. If you're constantly bitching to the opponent, uh, bitching to the officials about the game, they're going to do it. It's like, you know, and yeah. so Lake was out of control. I'm surprised Jennifer Cohen, the Washington athletic director, I'm surprised he kept his job. I really am. I mean, it, it yeah. literally was it, was, it was Woody Hayes-ish. It was aggressive. It was very, very aggressive. Uh, to go from, first off, Chris Peterson never lost at Boise. He never lost at Washington. Chris Peterson's only 57. He stepped down because I don't know why, to be honest with you. I don't you. know why he did He's either. a very respected coach. You know that. And he wins. He's a great coach. He, he He's won. a great coach. He won 12 he games, 10 games, 10 games, 9 games. Like, he, that's what he does. He wins football games. He's a now. great coach. Yeah, great coach. I uh, don't know what happened there. I don't know why. But to me, Washington's football program should be elite. It should be elite. When I was growing it up. It should be yeah, elite. It was, it was right there. By the way, Peterson at Boise, 92 and 12. You're, coach. Yeah, you, that's, you just woke up and you were born a coach, right? Like you, you, you said, I, I saw has, that great He quote. has a great ability to build culture. He yeah. understands. He was not uh, – he understood how to bring everybody together and build some, a uniform program. Okay. Before we get out of here, Chicago-Pittsburgh. It's seven right now and 39 and a half. I'm gonna, uh, it's not an official play because I don't think you like either, but I'm going to put I you down like here. What do you got? I, I would take the Bears and the points if you forced it to me. I would. And, and – you know, I would probably lean towards the over because every time these numbers get ridiculously low, something happens, you know. But I think it's going to take three phases of Pittsburgh. I think Mike Tomlin's going to have to do his best job tonight getting his team functioning, and he's got to create some turnovers. He's got to get the ball, out, and he's got to keep Justin Fields in the pocket, make him play quarterback. I would just like to point out to Chicago, see, of course Michael Lombardi's in your corner. He's hanging out. With, he's, he's back in uh, Matt Nagy <laughs> Is Nagy back? I believe he is. Oh, oh, I'm sure he'll be back on the sideline looking down. Be you, Matt. Be you. Be, yes. And I'm sure we'll, we'll, you know, we'll talk about this great offensive guru. Is, you, know, the, you know, we'll talk about his offense and all that. Yes. That offensive line. Bad lines don't travel. This is a bad Bears line, Patrick. Okay. It's not an official play. Let's make that clear. But if he had to, he'd take Chicago plus the points. Michael, enjoy your day. Enjoy Thank your you, Monday. Patrick. Enjoy the football and the day off tomorrow as well. Thank you. Thanks, okay. Patrick. We'll see you. Odds on with the ball and Mike coming up next. We'll see you next time here on the Lombardi Line.
MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s... I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleha Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.